these conversations we're having. They're pretty cool. I'm very fortunate to be talking to so many wonderful people on a regular basis. You know, the real guiding light or the the origin of the show was just my networking calls that I've been having and continue to have on a regular basis. You know, outside of producing these shows every week, I'm still having six to seven phone calls with people that I meet on LinkedIn or anywhere else. And they're always really quality, interesting conversations. You know, I had a really awesome conversation this morning in the car with a gentleman who looks like he's going to be on the podcast. And it's just a feeling I get with talking with people. And I think the more you talk to people, it's just like sharpening the knife. You know, your your blade is getting stronger and it's getting sharper. And I think that we're just slicing it up pretty hard right now with some amazing people. And you can be assured that we're going to continue to have some pretty amazing shows with um, some different guests. And we've ventured into health, fitness, and wellness, which is my industry. But I think we're going to continue to expand as we move along. And I have some really cool guests coming up that I think will be very different. And as we're trying to appeal to um, a variety of people, but the real center to the show is networking and socializing and in many ways teaching people how to get back to talking to each other. You know, we don't talk enough. Uh, we spend too much time doing many other things that consume our, our minutes and our hours. And talking is something that, especially our younger generation, needs to get back into learning how to do it. You know, if you grow up without learning how to pass down history and understanding what it's like to have interpersonal communications, then um, it could be a very tough world out there for you. So listening to these conversations, I think, is another way to sharpen, you know, the knife, the sword, whatever, and just be able to hear people being honest with each other uh, about what they're going through in their lives and everything else with that. And today's honesty is with Kristen Contre of Contre Fitness. Kristen has a really amazing story and has gone through a lot of things just like many of us have. And I'm happy she's sharing her story and I look forward to you guys taking the time to listen to it. So I would like to introduce to you Kristen Contre. Kristen. Hello. Hey, hey, how you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> doing fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? Good. You know what? You got great energy all the time. When, when I talked to you before, you sounded the same. It's awesome. That's good. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I'm uh, pleased that you decided to, you know, be on the show today. And uh, so tell me what your day's been like so far. Um, well, this morning I taught classes and did some one-on-one training, a lot of strain training happening. Mm -hmm. And then I went to, for a walk and I just did some meditation, kind of recenter myself. Awesome. So I really tried to like take it, you know, an hour a day to kind of just like be. I love it. So that's, so when did you start doing that? Um, I want to say I became consistent with it in the past couple of months just because of stress, but before, probably in the very beginning when I started my business, I would take some time and just be as well. Just because I feel like, you know, time is just so busy and you lose yourself and you're so focused on a passion and 
you're around people all day, you tend to adapt their emotions. So it's almost, it's a good detox for me. Yeah. You know, I identify with that. You know, when you're constantly talking to people, you're taking in their energy and all of that. And it's, it can be draining, you know, it's wonderful, but you also have to take the time to kind of center yourself as well. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So um, it's a way for me to make sure I'm not projecting anything and I'm not losing myself in the process. And I can be full to the person that I'm going to be talking with, or if I'm going to be teaching a class, I want to make sure that I'm doing it with purpose and not because I'm stuck in something. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So I went on, I was like, you know, I don't normally like really research a lot about the people that I have on my show. I'm very opposite. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you need to like get all this information and have all these questions. I just like, just wing it with everybody. But I was like, I'm going to watch a couple of these videos that Kristen has on her site and all this stuff, YouTube. You just have such energy. You just have like a real joy for what you do. And I think that's really wonderful. I adore it. You know what it is? It's for me, it's people. I cherish relationships so much and I love what I do. I'm very blessed for that. And the fact that I get to share and express with other people um, is very rewarding for me. And I love hearing their stories and their backgrounds. Um, and I get it talking with men and women, all different ages, how life can just be so stressful sometimes and exhausting. And I like to be that person where they can just let go. You know, you're still being pushed in fitness, but here you can be yourself. You can joke around. You can vent me on the side if you need to. I just want to be that light for the person because sometimes people don't have that. Totally true. I actually, I talk to people about that all the time, about trying to be uh, somewhat of a version of that for them. And then you notice, you know, as the longer you're alive that, people don't have a lot of other people to talk to about very uh, sensitive things or they just feel lonely. Exactly. And it's amazing how, um, and it's, I think a lot of people can relate to this is we we kind of put on a a mask, you you know, it's, Mm. it's scary to show our emotions and with exercise and in my classes, I, I try to bring that out in a positive way and see what happens. Kind of like you, you don't, you don't do the research. You just see what happens no. and then go with the flow. Right. <laughs> I go with it. You know, I reach out to people. Like I reached out to you. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Um, you know, something about somebody's profile just grabs me. And then I go, I want to talk to this person and yeah. I have no fear about it. I literally just reach out. Cause what's the worst that's going to happen? They say, Oh, I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, that's fine. Uh, we'll just move on to the next person. You Very know? true. Exactly. And I, I admire that too, because today's that's a, it can be very scary and nerve wracking. <laughs> I think it was so. funny. I was telling my wife this morning, I was like, you know, human beings desperately want to have social connection. We're social creatures, but in many ways, we're pretty bad at developing it with each other. <laughs> on I agree. Some level. It's weird. Exactly. Like we want something, but then we're not the best at actually developing it. Right. And that takes courage, too. That's that's the way of having to look inside yourself and figuring out what it is that's stopping you and what is that fear, you know, that's holding yeah. you back from doing that. And at the same time, when I look at myself, I want to make sure that I'm open to allowing someone to feel comfortable to do that. So I think it goes both ways, too. 
And being in my, you know, being a personal trainer and a gym owner, I have to remind myself all the time, okay, what, what am I projecting and how am I coming off right now? Am I making this person feel comfortable? Um, Am I being open? And by the same time, am I being true to myself too? You know, I don't want to lose that in me. And that took a long time to understand that. (laughs) And I want to say that develops through pain, to be honest with you, like experiences, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I want to talk about your pain. I want to. I think everybody has it on some level. And but for you, what was that pain? How has that manifested for you to get to where you are now? Um, For me, I was uh, I was abused as a child. I'm a a daughter of an abusive father, physically, mentally, emotionally for 15 years. And I have always developed as a young child this pleasing mentality, uh, mm. wanting to help the girls that he abused his, his women. And I was probably like eight years old at the time. Um, I also, again, was on eggshells, but I, at the same time as a, I didn't want to fail and I wanted to be um, this light for people very young on. So even though, you know, the childhood wasn't the greatest, I did learn that everyone needs a light in their life. And for some reason I was able to be that and strive to be that at a very young age. And for me, music and dancing was a healing for me. So at the time that trauma I was going through after, you know, you, you've got beaten up or emotionally abused by someone you love, I would go off and I would listen to music and I would dance and I come back like, yes, I'm ready for life. Let's do this. You know, um, I think going through that, um, looking at as a positive has built me up to be so strong and to understand and relate to people more because of it. Um, and I, that's what got me into my field today. I just wanted to promote movement. And I wanted to give to people and I wanted to just let them know that how you're feeling is okay. And what you're going through is okay. (laughs) And that everybody has trauma and everyone has um, pain and childhood upbringings that were tough. Um, I didn't learn from my childhood upbringing a sense of what, um, how a man should be, should treat a woman. So I was in very toxic relationships. I've been in abusive relationships too. And as much as it was terrible, I still have learned to be independent and to forgive and to learn lessons and not to blame the other person, but to look at where I went wrong. And I guess it's just developed um, a maturity for me and an inner strength in myself. And that allowed me to sit with myself and learn who I am and what I require um, and it's also helped me to share my knowledge with other women. Right. And, right. Um, how, I, do, mm-hmm. how do you approach? So, so what do you require at this point in your life and, uh, relationships in your life based off of what you have gone through? For me, it's definitely emotional understanding. Um, in terms of with people, like, or in as a uh, dating scene, or both? Let's do both. 
Let's do both. Okay. When it comes to um, both, I guess it's, yeah, that emotional understanding, you know, and um, that trust factor. So if I'm expressing something to you and you're able to connect with me on that level and understand where I'm coming from and vice versa, I'm able to do the same back for me. I'm like, yes, that that's a win. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and you know, the trust in communication as well. So having that emotional understanding, they're like, okay, I know that this is going to hurt her. If I was to do this, this is going to trigger her. If I was to do this, you know, or um, so that that's where that awareness comes in. And, and, and then I can trust them to know that, okay, that's not, they won't do that because they know me and my emotions and they've allowed me to feel safe to communicate that. And I like to do the same back to them too. Yeah. Uh, create a safe place. You know, I think relationships today in general, a lot of people have a hard time with being transparent and trusting. So, and just, you know, I think so. I think definitely so. Actually, you know, it's it's really crazy. Um, I was reading this article this morning and it's called, it was, it's on outside magazine. And I really like this site. They have some really good articles and a lot of stuff about nature and the, um, the good, the uh, wonderful elements of nature and your health. And it was this article. It's like, we've reached peak wellness and most of it's nonsense. It was pretty funny, actually. Really? (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. I can send it to you. It's really amazing. But basically it was like, there's so much out there about being well and all that. And and it got to the emotional aspect of it. And it was talking about how we're living in a time where basically emotionally, we're trying to project that we're happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and it's such a farce because pe- being sad is normal. I mean, there's, you're going to have bad days, you have good days, you know, you're going to have different days. But for some reason, we feel like we need to project this sense of never ending happiness to people socially on that. And of then course. I'm hearing from you a lot about pain and that people are going through tough times. I think that's real. That's real. But for some reason, there's all this projection of, happy happiness all the time yeah that comes down i think to be well a few things uh fear being one of them you know um being vulnerable is trusting yourself and trusting the other person and make sure you're not gonna be judged or thought differently and um it's it's a big risk to put yourself out there and there's almost a disconnect too with, with that and um with my experience, my members of my friendships, if, and through exercise, through exercise, it, it brings out emotions that people have been hiding. Totally if that makes true. sense. Totally you know what I mean? Totally and then when that, yeah, when they when that emotion comes out, it, they're like, it's almost like it hits them and they're like, whoa, where's this coming from? But it's like, no, you've been holding this in for so long. And you, and when I talk to them, we sit down, we stop, we stop the exercise and we just, we sit in the emotion and I allow them to talk to me with what they feel comfortable discussing. And a lot of times it's just because people just aren't reaching out to them or their, the, their thought process of they're not worthy. Oh, I'm just a burden. I don't want to be judged. It, it's, it's, it's a toxic thought process and it stops them from also wanting to open up to people. Um, and not for nothing with social media too, it's very, Social media is great, but can also be very toxic as well because people only post up how awesome they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, and why oh, would we, you want to post up your 
your pain if everyone else is posting up how awesome they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's strange. Like everybody is like, I went on this amazing vacation. I did this and that, or look how happy I am. And, and, and actually what's weird is kind of gym culture is a very big culprit of it. It's like that everybody's looking amazing, wearing all this amazing makeup or they have this great hair, this great outfit. And it's just like, it's just strange to me. I don't know. It's like, this is not reality. Actually, working out is pretty messy. I mean, it's not, it's not beautiful and no. glamorous when it's really done and you're pushing yourself, you know. But, you know, besides that, it's just this general life we're in is this kind of alternate reality that we're in many ways trying to push on other people. But then I, I kind of see how people are pushing back on it. It's like, okay, how do we present our most authentic self online? But then it's weird because then it's like, okay, how do we do that online? And then people were having trouble being offline and being their authentic self. It's just weird. I agree with you 100%. And (laughs) it comes down for us having to slow down. Yes. A lot. And having the courage to sit with yourself and to feel. A lot of us just like to avoid and, you know, same thing with the gym too. They're having a hard time. Like, I'm just going to get myself in the best shape of my life, but they're not dealing with what's internally going on. Yeah. And then you're just setting yourself up for more pain and going around in circles. So I, th- I think, um, in my opinion, it's, you have to sit and just be in the pain and have just select few friends. You could be one person, two people, not many that are trustworthy and can be there for you in a safe place where you can not feel like a burden and discuss your feelings. So then you're, you're able to let it out. In other words, not just keep it inside. Yeah. Uh, So I do hope that with people on social media, like you said, who are trying to end that and show that their lives aren't perfect. I hope that that is successful and that people can see like, you know what, it takes hard work to get to where these people are who look so successful that they had to go through all these trials and emotional breakdowns and pain to get there and just tell themselves that it's okay where they are now and it's only temporary and it's going to improve. You just have to believe in yourself, allow yourself to feel the way you do now. And that's okay to feel that way. And to express it in a journal or to a friend that you can trust and and see what it comes from, what comes out of it. Right. Right. So, -hmm. so for yourself, uh, you mentioned, you know, meditation being, you know, meeting yourself, what, what other things are you doing in order to help you from what it sounds like is a pretty traumatic uh, life growing up? What else do you do? I have to say like, I'm very blessed. Like my, my life is so very traumatic. I, and I, for some reason, God has put things in my life to help with that. So friends, friends, relationships that has saved me so much. I have, I'm so lucky to have a good few friends, a good, believe it or not, six or seven friends um, Mm -hmm. who have come into my life and I can call them at any time and we can just, we have our conversations and, they're never about, oh, what was me? It's I'm feeling this way. I don't want to feel this way. And, and what's the solution? And, and why am I feeling this way? And we, we go back and forth and we talk about our life lessons and our hardships and we cry. And it's 
great. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it helps me. And then uh, another form is journaling it. So if through these conversations I have with my friends, I, and them too, they do the same thing. We do it for each other. Uh, we, we journal things that we spoke about and what hit us and little reminders to ourselves. So if I'm feeling um, unworthy because with my upbringing has being a victim of abuse for 15 years, I was told that I was unworthy and that I wasn't going to be successful and um, I'm selfish. Like you hear this for 15 years, you believe it yourself. Right. And I had though that's a trigger in me. Like, Oh my gosh, am I not doing my best or no? And so I, I have to sit with myself in those thoughts when I was a little girl and realize that what this thought, this thought that I'm having is not true. Something has triggered that thought and I need to let it go. And that's taken me years to, to fix that. You know, it wasn't something that was overnight and it wasn't pretty. It was, like I said, meditation, talking with friends, journaling, watching positive YouTube videos that I could relate to um, that gave me hope, uh, prayer, praying to God a lot, mm -hmm. and um, giving to others has helped me so much because I realized how much my life, what I've gone through is actually very common in that some It is. It is. I tell that to people all the time, you know, and because people feel lonely in their situations and the difficulties. And I say, listen, you are not alone. A lot of people have gone through really terrible times. It's yeah. not a singular event for you. And, no. and it's good for you to talk to other people about it and be open. Yes. And the be through it, too, is when me being open about what I've gone through is allowed those to be open with me and then we kind of lift each other up and it's it in one month it's really cool a few of my friends i've spoken to um they've conquered a fear themselves and they all because of our conversations because they're able to let it go know that they're not alone and then because it's a positive conversation for a goal-driven conversation at that they it's almost like there's a support there and they're able to move forward and do something for themselves, even if something so small and it feels right. so good to have that. And, um, yeah, my, my past is a blessing and it's also a curse sometimes, but again, I like to see the positive of it. Um, and being, having a, it's, it's made me re very resilient, I have to say too, because, mm. I am still learning healthy relationships because I haven't had a role model for that with my, my dad and I have dated other abusive men like my father mm. and I've dated abusive men while trying to open my own business. And I was, when I first opened my gym, I was being abused for a year and I just had to go and put a smile on my face and do my job and give to my members and run my business and you go home and it was abuse. Yeah. And I, for me, that was normal. And I had to learn and through books and I actually hired a, a business coach too. And uh, she was even saying like, you need to look at your home life that, that what I was going through was not normal. So in the past three years, I have to say that I've grown so much into myself because 
of my business and the people have come into my life and the choice to educate myself and to um, go through that toxic relationship. It's, it's helped me to see what um, it's, it's helped me to connect with other women and men who've gone through the same thing. And it's allowed me to have a really strong work ethic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and handle stress very well. Yes. You know, I want, well, I wanted to ask was, so it seemed like you were going from one kind of abusive relationship to the next, to the next. Do you think that you were in a weird way, it was so normal for you that you were kind of drawn towards those relationships because it was somewhat normal to you over many years? That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it could be for, I, I, for me, I think uh, what happened was I met someone who seems awesome at the time. And then when you get close to them, emotionally a couple months go by and I'll see a red flag. But instead of saying, wait a minute, this isn't okay. I ignore the sign. Cause now I'm emotionally invested in this person. There's the right. hope that, you know, that's not gonna, that's gonna end. And yeah, I think it's, and when the abuse got rough, I think it was more so I knew this was wrong, but I figured it would end. That hmm. some way I could be better and they'll just stop because in your, your mindset is, well, the person I met in the very beginning, they weren't like this. They were, they were so sweet and responsible and was, were willing to help me with everything in a sense and give me a, an uplift and vice versa. We had great conversations and they have all these promises that they're going to do. And, and then, you know, a couple months go by and you might see a red flag here or there for maybe like bad with their money or um, maybe they drank too much or mm -hmm. they didn't show up when they said they're going to show up, you know, like these little things. And you start to look over the more emotionally invested you are. And I think a big mistake I made too was not telling my close circle, my close circle of friends, like, this is happening. I'm feeling this way. Is this normal to feel this way? I didn't do that. Instead, I just told myself that it's going to get better. Did you not do it because you maybe didn't want to hear what they had to say, potentially? Like, hey, this isn't the right thing for you? Or what was that for you? I th I th it's changed, actually. So in the very beginning, the first abuse relationship I went to, I didn't express because I think I was more so a embarrassed because I'm like, this is people see very highly of me and this is happening right now. Um, also I had, I think there's an abandonment issue there too. I was like, man, if I was to tell someone this, they're, they're going to judge him and they might, it might be that it won't work out, you know? And that was that abandonment issue. Um, another reason I think was because I think I had, I could have fixed it myself, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's like a, a control thing. They're like, Oh, you know, like, yeah, we got this. And, um, so through each relationship, I, and I didn't realize my, my previous last relationship, which wasn't that abusive at all. It was more so I got used in this last relationship. Um, I realized that I, I am very open about me with my close friends and about um, my own insecurities, but I am not open when I'm in a relationship about huh. what's going on. Yeah. So when, when I'm in this relationship with someone, I will say some things, 
but I, I'm not there like, oh, we got in this huge argument and he got mad at me because I was talking to this person. I don't understand why. Or like, I didn't do the dishes and he got so mad at me for not doing the dishes. And that's normal, right? I would never do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I probably should have. Because when you're in these relationships, especially abusive ones, it, manipulation and gaslighting happens and you just get lost and brainwashed that this is normal and you don't see the need to tell. Right. Uh, yeah. And so going forward, I've learned that there needs to be what well, you don't have to talk badly about your person. You don't have to explain. you know, tell very personal things, but at least say like, Hey, this happened and this is normal, right? Did I I handle this? Okay. Did I do something wrong? And if so, what, what did I do wrong and how can I handle that differently? So I can improve to make sure it doesn't happen again. And I I really wish I did that in my past relationships because I, my friends would say, Kristen, you, it's so you, you didn't do the dishes because you got home super late. That's okay. It's just dishes. And he shouldn't have gotten mad for it. He should understand your schedule. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I've learned that I'm open again with myself. I have no problem putting my flaws out there, but for some reason I don't put the relationship flaws out there and my um, person I'm dating at the time's flaws out there in a time of when it probably should be for safety purposes. And I think also ignoring your own, um, again, know how I meditate and try to center myself. I ignored my, own internal emotions, my intuition. And speaking with women and men, I find that very common that they, in some way, they already know that what's happening is wrong. Yep. They feel it, but we choose to ignore it, our own intuition. And then we're wondering why we're so exhausted and why we're forgetful, why we're not sleeping well, why our quality of life is, is going down. And a lot of times it's because of our relationships and we're not dealing with it. Relationships, you know, the whole adage is relationships are complicated. They're hard. And it's interesting. I always, for a long time, I ran a gym and, uh, you know, I have a lot of staff members. And one thing I surmised after several years of it was that so many of my staff members had a lot of brokenness inside them. And they were struggling personally, tremendously with a variety of things. But I always found it interesting that sometimes they would seek the advice of other people who were severely broken at the same time. And I would say, you sure that's the best move for you? You know, like you're kind of, I mean, it's good to have people you're maybe going through similar things with, but kind of you know, advice wise, I, I wasn't always so sure because if like, kind of like you're learning, say, Hey, here's a positive example. Uh, you want to get a positive example of a good relationship. If you've never learned what that is, and then you're trying to learn what it is through other people who haven't learned that themselves, sometimes it can be this very circular process of you're investing in other people who are going through similar things, but you both don't know what it's like to have a healthy relationship at the same time. It's, it's just an interesting dichotomy with it. No, I agree. And that's why I think it comes down to if you maybe talk to someone who is in a healthy relationship or has a healthy marriage yeah, and ask for their advice, you know, and I hope that people have that in their lives. Um, yeah. 
uh, for me, I'm lucky. I have women, a lot of women in my gym who are happily married. And um, with my last relationship, very introverted person. Um, and in the end, I was like, maybe this is normal. Like he's, this, he's introverted. He just wants to be in four walls all the time. He doesn't want to do anything. I mean, that's just kind of introverted. And I have a member who has been married for 42 years. And she's like, Kristen, my husband is introverted and does not do that. <laughs> that's, a, like, that's a red flag. Red, <laughs> and that red was flag. so hard to hear. It was very hard for me to hear. But I feel like if we want to change, we got we to hear the hard things too. It's true. It's you true. Know? So, yeah, that's why I love one of the many reasons why I love what I do. So let's talk about that. So what was the motivation for, you know, being, becoming a gym owner and the, the trials and successes of it? I would love to get into that. Um, for, I didn't plan to be a gym owner. Like in my head, there was always a goal like, Hey, maybe I have my own business. That'd be cool. Um, but I've always just been the trainer and being a business owner is a little scary. The thought of it. And at the time, it's back in 2016, I was being 1099 at another location, and I had a great following. Um, the environment was a little bit toxic with the owners, but I mean, I, I can't forget where I started. He gave me this opportunity. One day, he just decided to let me go, and he decided to change his whole business plan where it would be a 24-hour key card. They can just check in and use gym machines instead. Our business plan before he changed it was it was an open studio, kind of looked like a CrossFit gym. Yeah. And we would teach classes and do one-on-one one-on-one training. Um, but yeah, so he changed his business plan, and he let me go. It was a Wednesday night at 6 o'clock p.m., and I – You remember. <laughs> it was just – was, it, was, it was June 6th. I even remember the date, and I was wow. just like – Yes. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like he's letting me go. We have over 70 members that attend this gym and for, cause of me. So they were on auto pay month to month. So they got billed for June already and they weren't going to go to that gym because the classes were no longer there. So I taught in a park that was about five minutes from the studio that I, I did work at and I just trained them for free. Um, for that month to maintain my clientele and I would do training in the park and it was 89 degrees outside. <laughs> right. And, but they were willing to do that. And I'm so grateful for that. They, I sent, when I got home that night, I just sent an email and I just said something like, Hey, I will no longer be a part of NEN. NEN is doing a new business um, plan that I am not a part of. However, I will be teaching classes in the park if you can join me. And I said that I will be opening up a gym in September. And uh, that was not planned. I just said, I'll just do this. I'm just gonna open <laughs> the gym in September. And then yeah. when I sent it out, I was like, oh man, now I actually gotta open up a gym in September. Yeah. You know? So that gave me three months. And so that's what I did. Like I would teach my class at the park, I'd go home and I would be online and I'd be searching out gym equipment and places to open up a gym. And I had no money. I had nothing saved up. I had a $10,000 credit card available to me and that's what I used to start my business. Um, so I start, my gym did open in September. I had my members help me 
set up the gym. They helped me find a place. Um, yeah, they, they were fantastic. And then I remember walking in my gym in September. I'm like, oh man, now I got to figure out how I got to run a business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh boy. So the score is a, a free service that's located in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, that's hosted by the Chamber of Commerce. And they help business owners and entrepreneurs. So I reached out to them and I was just said, so I'm like, I need help, (laughs) you know, because I get to deal with people's money on another level. You have to provide, you have to take care of the facility. You, you now are paying taxes and I'm an LLC and I have a lawyer now that has, there was just so much in, in just three months that I had to digest everything. And yeah, it was a hard, it was a hard learning year for me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to give up because I, my mindset was I went to college for exercise science, went to Bridgewater state and I have this lovely college debt that's just over my head and lovely. lovely. Yeah. That does me the sarcasm. I'm like, Oh, I love this day. <laughs> so lovely. Oh, Right. So I have this college debt. I'm like, I did not go and study for four years to not be in my field. And I did not pay this much money to just give up because someone let me go. I was like, this is not going to happen. So I was like, let's put myself in some more debt and let's just do this. And that was my mindset. And I said too, that I don't want to be in an office. That's not who I am. I don't want to be sitting at a desk on a computer. That's just not what I want for myself. And I'm, I'm big on movement and I want to be with community. I want to be with people. And that was my motivation that whole summer to get this gym going and still is today. Wow. So what was the hardest part in year one? I think for people listening, you know, this store is going to be very inspiring because a lot of people want to open their own gym or have their own training business, whatever it may be. And they're scared. And rightfully so. It's difficult if you've gone from being a trainer to being a business owner. What 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 was the hardest part in the in that first year with with being a gym owner? The first year being a gym owner was probably worrying about the future. Hmm. To be honest with you, your first year, you're kind of on a high. There's always gonna be a fear there, but you just choose to not feed into it. But you're on a high of like, yes, this is my space. Um, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my best self, my best work. You're not burnt out yet, you know, cause you're on this high. <laughs> um, for, for me, year one wasn't bad as a business owner. And I hear that a lot too with other business owners. Like, yes, you're going to be in the red. Yes. You're going to have debt, but you're, you're honoring your passion. So for me, I would say before you open business is the hardest part because you're in your head. When you're going through opening your business, it's, it's a different mindset because you're you're committed to it. So you're just doing it. Yeah. Whatever life throws at you, you're just going to do it because you commit it. But the hardest part, I think, is when you are thinking about opening a business, you're thinking about it. So you're sitting in it and you're looking at all the negatives that could happen. All, all the, the what, I could fail in a year. I can be this much debt. Yes, true. But you're not going to know unless you do it. And there's always a way out. There's always something better. You just got to just do it. Um, if you think too much, you're just going to, you're not going to do it. Your doubt's going to win because our brain is just, it's yeah. 
prone to the negative, right? Yes. So, yeah. So don't let fear stop you. That's probably my biggest lesson with this business. I did not think I just did. That's the first time I impulsively just said, let's do it. There was no thought there. I didn't have a chance to worry about the what is because I already committed to it. Um, I want to say for me, the hardest year was my third year because by year three, you're, you're making money. At least I am. So taxes are more, um, you're no longer like the exciting new person on the block. So you have to show that you're different and why you're different. Um, trying to hold on to your, your customers. And so for me, year through is my hardest because also you always want to revamp. You always want to grow. You want to have new ideas. So that's right. when you get, you get to think and, and, and what, so it's like, what's the next step? Like I opened up my business. I have customers. All is great. But, but now what? Yeah. What's going to keep it alive? Where do you so, see it going at this point? Where, what's the, in your mind, I mean, obviously things don't go as planned all the time. Life is funny, you know, that way, but what's the vision for you with your business? Um, the vision for me always changes. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> it does. Um, How did I know you're going to say that? I don't know. Uh, why you're gonna say that. There's a point. That, and I guess that's a, a, a true mindset of an entrepreneur too. Like you always have these ideas. It's like, oh, yes. I can do this. This would be a great business. And then something else happens. Like, you know what? This could do it. There's Because I also do hair and makeup for uh, weddings. My hair and makeup mm-hmm. artist on the side. And I was like, oh, I could do like a bridal boot camp all in one thing. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I just hope I got a yoga instructor who was awesome. I adored her. Still do. And I was like, we can open up a wellness center that has you know, yoga and, and classes and a gym and, and nutritionists and psychiatrists or, or, or social workers. Cause you know, the mind and body is your success is mind and body, not just body. Right. You know, it's the whole thing. And, and then I look at, um, doing more like women empowerment type things too. Um, with, with podcasts and wanting to work on, um, bringing up women's, confidence and growth and to respect themselves and um, yeah so it's always changing for me currently the business is I'm teaching boot camps I have two other instructors working underneath me and we are doing a lot of things the community so building up the town the town's a very poor town so we're trying to get involved and help with that giving to the kids so I'm kind of just seeing where it goes and what's going to pull me. Um, but I mean, I'm not going in blinded either. We're, we have team meetings and we're writing things down and it's kind of like whatever comes to us, we're, we're taking, we're, we're grabbing it, you know? Yeah. And see where, but that's how I got started anyways. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Where, where do you see, where would you like to be personally in your personal life and next few years? Uh, you know, what, what do you want for yourself on that level? For myself, I would love to just. <sighs> big sigh. Big sigh. There's so much, <laughs> you know, I would love to. Hmm. 
I have a few things. I would love to just be self-acceptant, have all that was taken from me in my uh, abusive relationships and from my father to just be, okay, this is me and I'm amazing and I accept myself full heartedly. Yeah. I would also love to have my business that it's, I don't have to be there for 12 hours a day. Right. It's, you know, self-running. I have instructors there. It's thriving. I would love to be able to go on two-week vacations because traveling is is very important to me. I love culture. That's wonderful. Very yeah. important. Stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I hope to learn something new. I would love to grow more knowledge in my um, industry to get more certifications and take more courses. I would love to do that. And eventually own my own home. (laughs) Own your own home, is that what you said? Yes, I would love to have my own place. That's wonderful. Yep. You know what, you're on the right path though. I mean, I, I really admire you, Kristen. I think there's just something about you. There's, there's something there that's magnetic and I knew it when I reached out to you and then you got back to me and then we talked on the phone. I said, there's something here for sure. Uh-huh. And I think, like you said, you know, maybe having your own podcast. Actually, I was talking to one of my colleagues and they were saying that, you know, they think every person should have a podcast that has a business because it's just a deeper way for your potential customers or just, you know, colleagues to get to know you better in a much deeper, more, a longer format uh, with it. Mm-hmm. And actually up here, it's funny, there's, there's a guy who, uh, a landscaping company, and he has a hugely successful podcast. And you're like, landscaping? Why is there yeah. a podcast? But it's just a way for people to get to know him outside because people think, oh, you hire this person to do this stuff, landscape your yard, this and that. But we're more than the jobs we do. We're may, way more than that. Um, oh, yeah. And we are much deeper than the the gyms we own or the businesses we have the IT companies we work for you know the kitchen somebody you know is running whatever it is and I think we crave to learn more about the stories of other people mm-hmm. and podcasts is just when done well it's just storytelling and storytelling has been going on it's ancient literally ancient and it's just we're just doing it in an updated version and way and I can see you're going to get what you desire, I think. I mean, those things are coming your way. You're doing a great job. You're, you're very vulnerable. I mean, look, you're coming on here and you're telling a lot of your business, which I'm all about. <laughs> I'm all about it, man. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because I can't tell you, I get so much feedback about the podcast, about people who are on the show. And they're like, Darian, these people this is amazing. Like all the struggles and all the triumphs and all the, the messiness. They're like, that's me. That's me. You know, it's like, exactly. You need to know that you are not by yourself. Yes. There's so much struggling going on, but there's so much goodness too. Yes. Somebody's going to hear this and they're going to open a gym because of you, Kristen, guaranteed, guarantee it. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope that they can overcome their fear and see their worth. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I've heard too many great stories, too many great stories of how, you know, these 
these talks that we have changed people because they're they're like man that's i need to get out there and do this you know you don't know your own power sometimes people are powerful incredibly powerful we don't give ourselves the credit that what we're doing is incredibly life-altering for at least one person out there yes that's why i wanted you on i figured your story would alter somebody's life no you're doing a really good thing and i'm very appreciative of it well, thank you. I, I just, I'm happy when people come on and they're, they're honest and they're open and they're vulnerable and it's great. I want you to have your own house. That's awesome. You should, you should aspire. For that. <laughs> I yes. mean, it's gonna be a great feeling when it happens for you. you know? mm-hmm. Yep. And just giving to the world. Just want to keep on giving to the world. Well, you're that definitely doing that. Message. Well, you know, I think, you know, you're in an area, like you said, sounds underserved and you're trying to actually do something about it. Yes. Yes. Yep. And be a light. And, you know, not everybody's doing that or built to feel like they're built for that type of thing, you know, so I commend you for doing that. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. <laughs> of course. I of appreciate course. it. Yes. No, it's, it's going to be a good thing. Let's see. I'm excited for what life has in store for me. So. Um, yeah, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Well, of course, keep me posted. I, I'm a big relationship person, you know, for me, like building long-term relationships is really important to me. So I don't have these things that go, Oh, you know, it was nice to have you on the show, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. Oh yeah. Of course. No, but that's a good, that's good of you. You know, we need more of that today, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, I think, like for me, like I had a very opposite uh, life growing up. I grew up with uh, probably as good as you could get. I mean, uh, two extremely loving parents, very responsible, very successful, taught me to always be myself. Don't just be you. Focus on being yourself, serve other people. And I recognize as I got older that that was very uncommon. And yeah. And so I feel uh, very fortunate that I had that. And so I always tell other people, like, my goal in life is to, to spread that to other people and say, hey, I, I had a good. I want you to have a good. So how can I help you get what I had and, and, and know that that's actually possible? And you know, like, I've been married 15 years. It's been wonderful. Honest to truth, it's been wonderful the entire time. I also know that's not common as well too yes so i try to impart wisdom about you know being in a significant other relationship and the tools and things at least work for me and that it's possible to have a really good relationship with another human being over a long period of time it is challenging because you're growing with somebody over a long period that in itself is challenging Mm -hmm. but it's very amazing that you're willing to share that and understand and relate to people. I think it's just my thing, you know, like, you yeah. know, everybody has their gifts and things that they're into. Like my gift is connection and mm-hmm. um, empathy. And, and I love emotion. I love love. I love being honest and vulnerable with people. I don't care. I'm just going to be me. And whatever that lands is where it's going to land. You know, it's just, I can't worry about if, Somebody thinks I'm too sensitive or I'm not a version of a guy that guys are supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's something a lot of guys struggle with. They think they're supposed to be a certain type of guy. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's bullshit. Complete garbage. Amen to that. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just, you don't have to be this macho guy, work a certain job, or, you know, be this tough guy you think you're supposed to be. And some right. guys are just really sensitive, you know? It's, it's okay. 100%. You know? I think women appreciate that, though, you know? And I hope that they can know that, too, that men, women actually appreciate men being transparent and vulnerable, too, and sharing yeah. their Because they're humans, they're not... Robots. <laughs> Not I mean, robots. It's a, it's a tough guy all the time, you know? Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, a guy has this feeling, oh, I need to be protective and, and all this stuff. And, you know, it's just quote unquote, whatever a male is supposed to be. And I, 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 for me, I try to break the walls down on that. And, and I'll tell guys, I'm like, you know, you're going to the gym and stuff. You're trying to be super buff and doing all this stuff. You know, women don't always like that stuff. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. you know, you're flexing all the time. Like, I'm a very fit person, but I don't look at myself as like, oh, my fitness is my identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and I think sometimes that's a trap in our, in our industry. Sometimes people take fitness, they love it so much that it becomes their identity of who they're, I'm a fitness person. Like that's my identity. Right. Like, there's more, to, there's more to you than working out all the time and how good you look. Being able to, it goes back to sitting with yourself and what is it that you're not dealing with that you feel like your identity is your body and fitness. Cause it's, it's- I think that's a lot of people, honestly. Um, yeah. Look at the culture that our our culture, our fitness culture, the business we're in is really, really crazy mm-hmm. because it's it's almost become the pornification of fitness on some level. You know, you have fitness enthusiasts, you have fitness like models, you have personal trainers, you yeah, I mean, you see you know, group exercise instructors have all these different things underneath one roof and many of them are not the same thing. They're very yeah. different aspects like i look at somebody like you know i'm not on instagram and stuff like that but you know like if you know if a person is is on there and and their their sole business is selling supplements and how they look and wearing certain clothes and stuff like that i i feel we're not in the same business i'm not in that business that's not what i do um but i i don't know so i think it's confusing also in a business that's extremely unregulated highly unregulated I think with the they're they're um, using people's insecurities and vulnerability to follow them. The fitness industry has turned into mm. a thing where they're going to sell them supplements, they're going to sell them the look, and they they they're smart with how they promote because people are like oh I feel that way they oh they use their insecurity their vulnerability and they and they they it's almost like they catch on they they there's a hook there and they, and they caught the hook and they're reeling mm. them in. But the reality is, it's, it's like, here's the work that it takes to become this person. This is the struggle to become this person. Is this what you want for your life? Are you willing mm-hmm. to put that type of work into it? And if not, then do you just want to be healthy? Yeah. How do you approach as a woman being in the fitness industry? What? Because I feel like I've talked to so many women who are in the business, and I think it's kind of hard. It feels hard on some level and the, maybe the pressures, the societal pressures to, to be super fit or to look a certain way. What's your thoughts on that? I have been, it's been really tough for me. So 
I'm very muscular. Um, is my body genetic wise? I have, I'm five, four, I'm shorter. So when I weight train, my muscles just get bigger. It's, and mm -hmm. that's fine with me, but I have people say, I wish I don't ever want to look like you. Um, oh, you're mm. too muscular. Uh, you're very masculine looking. And I looked at my pictures. I'm like, I'm really not that masculine looking, but I see I myself. I think you look masculine to me. Not at all. But to them, they do. And that's, and it doesn't even bother me. It's someone, because I realize that they're projecting themselves onto me. And I'm very proud of my body, of how, you know, I'm happy with it. I don't have a six pack, and I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't care about that, you know? Um, yeah. I just want to be able to be healthy. So that's been a problem for me. And another thing is um, being a female trainer when I first started. Now we're going back 11 years ago. I, I almost like had to prove myself. I was, I was the only female trainer. I was around a bunch of, of male trainers and I was the one, only one with a degree. Everyone else had a, just a certification. And I can't tell you how many times they were testing me on my knowledge and they would defend that they didn't agree with me. <laughs> and I right. remember saying, why are we having this conversation? You know? And, um, that was really hard. It's almost like I had to prove myself to them. And, now we're friends. There's there's a good uh, just in the twenties. I'm friendly with all of them now, but some of them admit to the fact that they were like they just wanted me to prove my value. <laughs> I was, it, you know, it was like an ego thing, and so that was also very tough. And another thing, as a female, I would say, um, there's a a lot of comparison. Yeah. Uh, I did a bodybuilding show in 2012 just for the experience. And I went from having to be, I didn't care about how I looked as much. And then once I did a bodybuilding show, I was, I was, I had eight pack and I was jacked and I was 20 pounds lighter than I am now. And that really messed with my head because you're constantly in the mirror doing posing. You do your show, you're standing at your best self, but you feel terrible at the same time because you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just put your weight back on. And that was the most of all my, my fitness career, the hardest thing for me. That was the, my darkest time uh, was after my bodybuilding show. My coach didn't put me on a refeed diet. So I just blew up. It messed up my hormones. I was had no period for nine months. I was depressed and a little bit manic because my hormones are just so out of whack. Yeah. And I did naturally too, but my body fat was so low and my caloric intake was so low and having, I think that's when I had some identity issues in myself as a female. I'm like, I'm supposed to be, and as a trainer too, I'm like, I'm supposed to look fit. I'm, I'm supposed to have these abs. Mm -hmm. If I don't have this body, I'm not successful. They're not going to see me as knowledgeable in my career field. And that took me probably two years to get over that. And now I'm to the point that, I, heck, I lift good weight. <laughs> I'm yep. knowledgeable. You know, I, I you have to remind myself. I have to remind myself of why I got started in the first place. It was just because I like to move, and lifting weights for me is fun, and I truly enjoy it. Yeah, that comes through. I can see. I can see that when I've seen some of the videos, and you know, your story about uh, doing like a bodybuilding contest. I, I've heard that story so many times yeah and it's almost the word for word the same exact thing of how it made them feel yes it and was it's fine. never good never good it's never, never good 
it was my most ugliest time of my life mentally. I was just in such a dark place after that show. What's the, what's the allure for it then? What is the draw for it for a woman to do that? I actually didn't want to do it. I was doing a world's toughest mutter competition and uh-huh. um, I had a, a friend who was a bodybuilding coach and a, a, a physical therapist. She was awesome. And she just kept pushing on me to do the show because I had so much muscle from training and uh, she's like, you do, you'll do fantastic. Just do it. And my thought process was, you know what? It's good for the resume. And it's another challenge. What's it going to hurt? And right. I, so I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't do any research on it at all. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to follow this diet and go from there. And my, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, I just want that freaking brownie. Just one, please. You know, Eat it and, up. Just one. I was like eating vegetables and fish and, and, and peanut butter. And that was it. And now, and I had to drink a gallon of water. I'm like, this isn't living. This isn't life. And I no. mean, kudos to those who do it. No disrespect. It just wasn't for me. And uh, yeah, I remember crying and crying in the bathroom one day just because I wanted to eat a slice of bread. Just, just, <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> oh my god it was terrible and then uh i was so funny the week of the show now i'm really depleted i had a hard time losing weight compared to other people it's just the way my genetics were i guess and um they are the day of you get to have more carbohydrates to kind of pump yourself up more right i'm eating a rice cake and some sweet potato and i have people next to me they're eating dark chocolate i'm like i just want my chocolate give it to me you know i've been wanting it for four months (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah it was just i went in not knowing i just said sure let's just do it why not and i was committed when i i could have stopped two months in but my thought i had a, a a boyfriend at the time who was very supportive and he was just like, you're not giving up. And, um, I didn't, I, he stuck by me and I finished it and I owe him that tremendously. Um, and he had to deal with my craziness. My (laughs) gosh, I was a nightmare. (laughs) You'd be an emotional wreck doing that. I was an emotional wreck. Oh God. If I had to say any relationship I was in that man, I, I should buy him like, a dinner. <laughs> you know, cause even after you're done, I, I, like I said, it took me two years. It's crazy. To get back. And that's not, I'm not alone with that. I talked to other women, the same, the same thing. So I think it's I not good. You know, you mentioned all other people, maybe they're in, I don't think anybody thinks it's great. I don't know. They may be telling, maybe if they're really good at it and you know, and they, they're winning and maybe they get to some level and they're making some money. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's good for your body. I really do. I oh. don't really care. I don't care. I just say what I want on here and whatever the backlash is, whatever it's going to be. Right. But scientifically, it ain't there, man. It's emotionally garbage for people. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I've not heard. I mean, I've been in the business almost 20 years. I never heard one story where they're like, it's amazing. No. And not one. No. And it's just it strange to me. It's no. scary too because it's like it's messing with your endocrine system, right? Your and your you know your body parts, your female body parts are you know like crazy. Yeah, so yeah, to each their own, but definitely not for me. And I agree with you. It's it. It was my most unhealthiest time of my life. 
Wow. Yep. You see where you're at now? You're like, you're loving yourself. You're enjoying hopefully some brownies here and there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. I, you know, when I got done with that show, I, I had my brownie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm having my brownie. <laughs> I worked hard. <laughs> you hear these stories of people after these shows and they end up like eating like the world after the show, like uh, just everything possible. I'm like, this is not good. That's not good. For me, I had a fear. I developed a fear of eating. Mm. So I remember eating rice cakes and crying over a rice cake. And that <laughs> I'm like, it's a rice cake. <laughs> it's the rice cake. It's a rice cake. Because you, uh, for me, I developed a fear of, of putting my weight back on too much. And I, I got really, I was my heaviest ever after my show. And I was barely eating. I was eating chicken, vegetables, rice cakes, peanut butter, and I, I think my emotions was just, I was just such in a dark spot that my endocrine system, my adrenaline glands and my cortisol levels, just, it was just overworking. And I was just retaining so much water weight from stress. Yeah. So yeah, I thank goodness that it's over. I am not going to the show. I have no interest in doing another show. Please, Kristen, please don't. I'm begging you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think safety of my friends around me i will not do a show either <laughs> yeah no, yeah don't go through that hell again jeez no no and i think f fitness for me now is what and i know some people don't enjoy working out i get it but for me <laughs> it's a way to release and to i enjoy weightlifting i get a high from it so i just like to be strong in a good way and uh, it, it's giving to myself. And that's what it's going to be. I'm not here to show you that I have a six pack or an eight pack. Mm. I'm here to tell you that it makes me feel good. I like to be strong. And the results come with it. And yeah, I, eating a healthy diet too. You know, you don't have to remove everything from your diet, but being more aware of what you're putting into your body because that's, the only place you're going to live in for the rest of your life. So you might as well take care of it. <laughs> I tell you, dieting culture has been fairly synonymous with this explosion in wellness culture that we've had here. And it's just interesting because diet and food and stuff, it's so, you know, it's so prevalent in our lives. And, but it's also one of the messiest things with people. There's such an emotional attachment to what yeah. we're eating, what's good, what's bad, all this stuff. And it messes with people's minds constantly and that comes to the our starting at the podcast where it's sit with yourself and figure out what is that food doing for you you know what what are you not dealing with yeah internally and when i help my clients with nutrition um i don't i'm not a nutritionist so i just tell them the basics you know and exactly yeah and for me to say like you can't be eating ice cream every single night it's almost like they there's a they freak out because something at night eating that ice cream does something for them, right? And um, I get it that and I all I can do is support that and and um, relate with them and to validate that that's okay. And now, what can we do to break that habit? And what is it inside that that <clears throat> ice cream is for you? And that's also why I love my job. Yeah. 
It's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's interesting. I am also not a nutritionist and I have never tried to impersonate one or which is a dangerous trap in our profession because a lot of trainers do that. Yes. And they go, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell them what I eat and stuff like that. You know, the human body is, is complex and the chemistry behind it, it's it's very different. But, you know, what I always like in a very general sense, you know, with people, I say, you know, in many ways, sometimes your relationship with how you're eating gets changed quite a bit when you start exercising regularly. And, you know, and people are like, oh, I, don't, I didn't feel great today when I worked out or I felt a lot of energy. And I always tell people, say, hey, listen, the thing is, you're going to have to experiment with what works best for you mm-hmm. when you come to the gym. You may, you, I'm not, I can't tell you what to eat, but I can say, how does it make you feel? How does that That's feel make you feel when you're working out? Now, if you eat something, let's say you have like toast or something and some jelly, coffee, and you notice every time that when you work out, you feel pretty good mm-hmm. when you ingest that. Okay, so maybe that makes you. Out. I don't know. Maybe how does it make you feel? And maybe if you had something that was very different than that, and you always felt really like lethargic and stuff. So contrast. What does that mean? How does it make you feel? So I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying how does it make you feel, energy wise, right. when you're doing it. I think for a lot of people that is a very freeing way of looking at it because they're not saying, hey, no, don't do that. You know, people when you tell them no, they say yes. You know, I know. Oh my God! You're not going to no. tell me no. Don't tell right. me no. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. You know. And that's why I say, take your pride and ego out the door for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get real with you, okay? <laughs> yeah. But I know it's... working with females, I, I've only worked with a few men, but I don't know if it's, you can tell me if it's the same for men too. Um, when females eat certain foods, the bloating. Like, I, I don't know, if it, like, in the belly. Like, for me, I find if I have white rice, I bloat so much from it. And I just feel yeah. gross. And um, I have a few mm. clients that they have dairy. They'll get acne and they bloat. They literally will retain six pounds sometimes in, in the next day. And they're just bloated. And it's from something they're eating. So I always say to be aware of how their, their body's feeling. Yeah. Uh, and it, it actually helps when they, when they're aware of it, they, uh, it affects their mind and their emotions too. They're more awake, more alert, not fatigued as much. So then they, they feel happier. So if they right. want, anyone wants to change their diet, think of the, not so much of the body, but it's like, Hey, do you want to have more energy? Do you want to feel better mentally? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think with most men, I've, you know, obviously, I've worked with many men over the years and I just, I feel like it's just a very similar approach. It's just because a lot of the guys that I work with actually are very type A, they're very super motivated individuals. And, um, I, again, I just try to be very like, Hey, listen, how does it make you feel? Mm -hmm. And actually I learned that from some really amazing chefs and nutritionists uh, who are very intuitive. Yeah. They're very intuitive people. And, and they're in, and they're big exercisers and it's just like, listen, it's just, how do you feel? How does it make you feel? Let that be your guiding light on what you're putting into your body. Right. And also not labeling. I think we label food in weird ways. Like we go, oh, I'm going to have a cheat day. I'm always like, well, you know, what's the connotation of the word cheating? Right. You know, like, what does that mean? It's like, 
doing something you shouldn't be doing, basically. True. So you're you're, right. So then so you're saying, well, I'm going to today do something I shouldn't do. I'm going to eat a brownie. I shouldn't be doing that today type of thing. Mm -hmm. That's putting a weird spin, a very weird, negative, self-fulfilling prophecy into somebody's brain about that. That's a great observation. That is so true. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I kept, I, you know, I would see people would say, oh, cheat day today, cheat day. And I'm like, man, what are you telling yourself? Really bad stuff. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but look at the word. It's like when people say karma. Oh, it's bad karma. They don't even yeah. know what that means, actually. They have no clue what the actual definition or what it means spiritually for it. They just say it like as a pop culture thing. Yes. You know? Yes. It's very frustrating. So I, you know, I just say to people like, listen, it's not a cheat day. It's just like, hey, how do you feel? If you're feeling like, man, I'm really craving, like I'm craving hardcore. I need to have like some meat. I feel like having a steak today. Okay, have a steak. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Like, like, you know, it's like you want to have some chocolate. Okay, have some chocolate. I'm just asking you not to eat like an entire bag of it. I mean, that's it, you know? Yeah. Moderation, self-control. That's yeah. awesome. that's a great observation. I need to. I'm actually going to take that from you. <laughs> You're welcome. You know? Okay. Thank you. Know? I was like, oh, that's that's true. It's a very negative. It's almost like you're doing something bad because you're right. You're doing something bad. Yeah. I mean, if but, if somebody goes, oh, I'm going to have a cheat day on my spouse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nobody oh. would be okay with that. No. No. Oh, wow. You do that with food. People do that with food. I'm going to have a cheat day today. I'm going to indulge today. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, really, think about that. If you put that in any other context in your life, you would just nail somebody for it. Yes. Why don't we do that with food? Right. Right. I don't know. I'm dropping gems here of wisdom. You are. I'm like, wow. I'm going to take that. I'm rolling with it. I'm going to say that I had this podcast and I I just had a a moment. (laughs) we just had a moment together here. We you did. Know? That's so true. Um, yeah. So what would be a healthy way to put it then? Or obviously you want to have it in moderation. You have a cheat. You should have a cheat, yeah. full cheat day anyways. You'd probably feel terrible. But <laughs> yeah, just a, wow. Well, thank you for I that. Think, you're <laughs> like, wait a minute. Something just happened here for me. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. I need to sit and reflect on that. That's a good thing to say. Um, I think I, I do that with a lot of things. I'm kind of a analogous person with things. It's kind of like if somebody, I've always had people in my life who would go, you know, you, you want to, you, like you go to the gym and you see somebody working really hard or say somebody, they come and they see Kristen in the gym and she's crushing it and she's doing all this stuff. And you have somebody who's never really worked out and they go, oh, I can't be like Kristen. I'm like, well, listen, Kristen is more of a fin- more of a, a finished version of that product. You're the beginning. You're like the 1.0 version. She's like 10. How- you can't be that on day one. How could no. you be that on day one? You can't compare yourself to that. Or, hey, oh, I want to become fit. Okay, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm the CEO of this company. Were you the CEO the first day you started there? Well, right. no. I- it took me like 15 years. Why is fitness different? Why do you think this is different? Yeah. People are so hard on themselves and we judge yeah. ourselves. We are a worse critic in how we Terrible. talk about ourselves. And I see it all the time. I had a client come in yesterday and she so sweet. Had her for the first time. 
She said it took her four years to get the courage to ask a trainer to, to work with her. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, four years, why? And it was all came to self-worth and not thinking, thinking that she couldn't do it. The fear that she's not going to look pretty. Everything came down to surface level things of she's not be able to put that off. And I said to her that, listen, you, you can't come in thinking that you're really going to fail. And just, and yeah. you need to be kind to yourself and tell yourself that you're going to do this and you're going to enjoy the process and know that you're, you're going to have ups and downs and it's going to be very hard, but the end result is worth it. And just know that, like you said, that it's not going to happen overnight, but you're going to learn yourself through it and you're going to find what you enjoy in fitness, what your, um, like for me, it was weightlifting. So maybe someone else, it's, it's running a half marathon for someone else. It could be doing powerlifting. I don't know, but I feel yeah. fitness is a big journey. So whoever wants to take the fitness journey, I guess pay attention to what you like and don't like and, and honor yourself. And I think, yeah, you got to honor yourself. And yeah. I just and think it, the nutrition element of it is just a weird part of it because people have such a strange relationship with food and when you tell and you bring this cheating element to it, you're just really you're making it an even weirder conversation. Agreed. People. Food is like, very, food is a personal thing. Yes. And it's varied in cultures and it's varied by upbringing. Food for yes. people is for some people food is love. For some people food is a crutch. Um, yeah, I agree with you there and. I don't believe in having following a strict diet where you're doing a keto or you're doing, I'm going to do, yeah. I don't believe in that stuff. What, how, do, how does your body work? Because if you didn't yeah. have an issue with carbohydrates before, why are you going to remove it all of a sudden now? <laughs> exactly. Right. Because a bunch of people are into it. Become It's become popular to be, to have keto diets and it's, you know, it's just, I think it's foolish, actually. I know I'm going to get nailed for it probably, but whatever. I just think it's it's garbage. It's like, no, what? how do you feel? How does it make you feel on that? Yeah. Stop telling yourself that I can't have this. I can't do this. This is bad for me. This is good for me. And I think I surprise people all the time. People see me. I mean, I was a collegiate athlete. I still look like I'm like a collegiate athlete. And, and I'll crush an entire pizza. No problem. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, why are you doing that? You're, you're in fitness. I'm like, because I want to. Because <laughs> I like it. It's delicious. And uh, I don't do this all the time. It's just, you know, every once in a while. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I love ice cream. You mentioned ice cream. Big yep. ice cream guy. Yep. Love me some pralines and cream. Big on it. <laughs> butter, pecan. Super good. And you know what I do? I never get like a gigantic gallon of it. I just get like this little tiny like cup or pint of it or whatever, like tiny, small thing. And that's what I have. And that's, that's good, you know, for me, I'm not having it every night, but I don't sit there and go, I absolutely can't do this. You know, it's, I no, mean, I life should be fun. Enjoy your life. Have a good time. Yes. You know, it's, that's why I'm saying like, unless you can't, your body says, I can't eat this. It, it's not good for me. And maybe you have to do keto uh, utmost respect. I understand that, you know, sure. that's your diet. But if, if not, then don't, don't, adapt to culture just because they're doing it and yeah. like you said you have a pint of ice cream or a small cup of it fine 
Yeah. You know, like me, like I like barbecue, but I find that I rarely want it. Like, like I just listening to my body, I find like I rarely want to have it. Right. And when I do have it, it feels heavy to me. And I'm like, oh, I just don't feel that well after I have it. So I just don't have it literally almost never, like maybe once every six months, maybe. But not because I think it's bad for me. It's just that it makes me feel pretty heavy and I just don't crave it ever. Right. You know, right. That's literally it. There's nothing else behind it. Like, oh, it's all this and the calorie. It's just how it makes me feel. Right. That's literally my diet is is no diet. It's just how my it's an approach. It's an intuitive approach. How does it make me feel? Right. You know, I know. I know when I go out and have happy hours with my friends. And I crush a big hamburger, something that I generally don't eat that much. Again, just because that makes me feel, I know it's not going to sit well on me. I know that. Right. But I knew that going into it. I'm like, eh, I'm yeah. probably going to have something greasy today. You know, it's just the nature. I'm going to have a few drinks, whatever. But I know that going into it. And I'm just accepting of like, probably not going to feel the best on right. this. But I don't, you know, it's just, I think it's just having a, a better relationship with food and not being anytime you try to take something from somebody and you say you can't have that mm-hmm. oh people people hate that people yeah. hate that man. yes yes and if anyone who does go out and have that food like you said and they know that they're going to go through it um to if you feel like crap the next day and you're punishing yourself i almost want to just put this out here to say to forgive yourself and to just move forward. Yeah. A lot of people don't feel guilty. If you know going in that you're going to have that food and you're going to feel like crap, don't feel guilty about it. You're making the decision to do it. So go ahead and enjoy it. Get back on. Yes. <laughs> just accept it. Yep. So like, yeah, I'm going to blow it out today. It's going to be awesome, man. Yep. You know, yep. you might not sleep the best. You know, yeah. like, but yep. Don't hey, self-sabotage you know? yourself. Just, you had that one time. Great. Now we're going to move forward. We'll get right back on track of honoring your body again. You know, I just, I, I feel know, like, uh, yeah. wanting to point, I just wanted to put that out there because, uh, I know people would be very hard on themselves too. <laughs> people are hard on themselves. Yeah. You know, I just, so, I just like, I was telling my wife, uh, no, I wasn't telling my wife. I was telling another podcast guest was saying, you know, like, Hey, you know, I think you got to be very careful about, being so extreme in behaviors, you know, if you're like somebody who is like, you know, constantly afraid of what to eat mm-hmm. or you constantly have to prepare everything, you can't have anything outside of this thing or that thing. How sustainable is that for you over the long term of your life? And also you may, anytime you're exhibiting an extreme behavior, you're going to be on the fringes of society with that. So you're going to have to be uh, accepting of that. You might not be in situations where it's going to be the majority of people are following what you're following. You're going to may have be maybe a part of a very small group of extremists mm-hmm. that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think in fitness, I have made a concentrated effort to just be a regular dude and enjoy good times with people, have fun, go out, dance, have some drinks here and there, you know, party, um, you know, mountain bike, hike, you know, just, just different stuff, you know, and not be like, Hey, fitness is my life. Everything I do revolves around fitness. I'm like, that's just crazy to me. I think it's crazy actually. Uh, Yeah. And, and I think my clients relate to me because they see me as a very normal person 
And I often change their perception of what they think a fitness person is supposed to be. I, I don't want to keep you because uh, you're a busy woman. You're doing all types of stuff. You're running this gym. You're, you're meeting yourself. I just wanted to say that I truly admire you, Kristen. And I'm thankful for you being on the show and sharing your life with me and other people who are going to listen to it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having uh, giving me the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, we will be in touch for sure. And actually, <clears throat> what's what's pretty cool is now you're you're part of the club who've been on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at having uh, kind of one of the things you know you're talking about your gym and stuff like with this podcast. I'm always thinking, okay, how do I make it better? How do I grow the community of people who've been on the show? So I'm looking to actually have a pretty big like podcasting community event with everybody that's been on my show oh wow and see if they could come out up here to washington state and blaine and then they'll throw like a big party and you know time of community and connection with everybody who's been on the show so everybody gets to meet each other potentially that's amazing (laughs) so now you get the invitation as well heck yeah i'm in (laughs) so i'm thinking like next summer is next or maybe may june something like that but i want to give everybody a big heads up let all my mm-hmm. guests know in, in September this year, like, hey, I don't know what you got to do. You know, I'm going to give you a huge heads up next year. We're going to get this done. We're going to have a big party. Come on out to the Pacific Northwest and uh, mm-hmm. we'll have a big time. We'll have a great time of connection together. You know? That'd be awesome. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. It's uh, been a lot of fun and it's been a pleasure to speak with you today, Kristen. Thank you. I appreciate your time. All right. Have a good day. Appreciate you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Bye.